Welcome to the Build Up on Balls.ie in association with Labrooks. Please bet responsibly. Visit dunlewy.net for further information. Le drop de Jonathan Sexton! Right, it's high time we got into this, some some good Gaelic games chat. We've got Morris Brosnan coming into studio next. He's going to give us his insights ahead of this weekend's four All-Ireland Gaelic football finals. Wasn't it very sound of the Dublin and Kerry lads? To, they obviously listened to this podcast because they, saw, they thought, well, the lads, Morris Brosnan wasn't in the week of the All-Ireland final. He wasn't able to come on to this show and uh, give his preview of the game. So we'll make sure it goes to replay and then Morris will be able to come in for that, that match. So Morris, you're here. Yeah, I'm very grateful for both teams for doing that for me. It's been a... It's and been the football gods. Weeks. Yeah. The most, GA gods. Most importantly, yeah. It's been a weird two weeks for me anyway in that, like I, as you could probably tell, even though I met you straight after the whistle, was buzzing after this game. And that kind of sense of euphoria carried over for the last few weeks while everybody else was like descending into madness about... Goff and Brawley and everything else that was going on. So now it, it does this like a foreboding sense of me. I feel like that um, everything is fine, mean, where like the world is on fire around you, but you're just sitting there happy. Yeah. Out. <laughs> so in that that regard, then you must be because I'm getting what I what, what was happening to me was that I was really excited going the same as you. Obviously, we were uh, recording the podcast on the night of the game, and it's like, geez, you know, Kerry can improve, Dublin can improve. We did a show last week, and we we're still talking the same thing. And then closer get to it, I start getting worried that Jesus Dublin could run away with this. Um, but you're not of the same England, are you? No, I'm, say, actually, I'm not off. I, I have that feeling. I think my head still thinks that, and we'll talk about that in a while when we come to predictions. But my head still thinks it'll be very close. No, yeah, I think my. I also think it'll be very close. My, I don't have that fear. Funnily enough, but I do have a fear that, given how that game went, that it'll revert to 2015 type, as opposed to it could become a. Uh, like a total dog of war scrap Keanu Sullivan sweeping and filling that space a real real cagey affair which I think is actually the worst possible scenario because of how everybody else in football would react after that but um, no I, I wouldn't have a f- I don't have that same fear of Dublin running away That I also but in fr- I didn't have it for the last final either um, so like it's just not really on my radar maybe that's uh, again everything is fine as <laughs> fire descends for me I think it's that Dublin's conversion rate was so poor inside Kerry 45 the first day and like people talk about whatever about like oh such and such only you know, only had three forwards going from play or anything like that it doesn't matter who the players are it's, it's that's more of a down statistic that like the amount of times Kerry were able to stifle their attack Dublin missed points, missed chances. But the thing then, I, I think that, and then I'm worried. And then the next thing I remember is, but wait a minute, Kerry, that was because of what Kerry did. And Kerry are well capable of doing that again. Yeah, conversion rates aren't important on their own because I remember some of those chances and they were like, I remember Dean Rock dropping one short that he kicked from under the stand yeah. inside the 45, but not the type of chance that Dublin normally go to. They did that because that was the only chances they had. Kerry stifled them. 
that could happen again. There's no reason to think it wouldn't. It's not just because Dublin shooting was wayward. If any team shooting was wayward in the first half, especially, it was Kerry. Exactly. Yeah. So they uh, like that's. I think that's been overlooked totally. That whatever about the ceiling that Dublin have, Kerry also have a higher ceiling than what we saw last week. And it'll, I can only imagine how much of a good it'll have done the 15 players who played in the first Ireland final to actually do that experience and come back now all the better for it so after all that lads here's what I've been looking at on ladbrooks.com and these have talked me into it even more I'm even more sure of it happening now than I was five minutes ago or three minutes ago uh, Dublin to win after extra time 14 to 1 there have it talk about that I mean uh, I like it <laughs> I, I actually wow. do it's it's a medium sized shout, Mark. It's a medium. It's almost a big shout. Not quite a big shout, but it's 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 quite a shout. Like I, the one that I was looking at, which are way less odds. This again, this is special. That was for the higher final. It's back for the football final. Uh, a, a winner. It doesn't matter who by four points or less at evens, and that's I think on the similar vein to you that this will be a really tight game I don't see I really don't see uh, Dublin running away with this that could come back to, to bite me because they're well capable of it but I just feel like like what Kerry do the, I, I've been thinking about this game a lot and I since then I was doing other stuff and looking at like space like space is so so important for its game I think that all of every kind of tactical innovation or uh, match up will is dictated on trying to create space and I actually think that both teams have personnel to square off with each other really really well like I do foresee a circumstance where Keener Sullivan if he can stand on one leg at all if he's anyway fit would start and try and clog up that space in front of David Clifford to free up James McCarthy to go to midfield but then you're thinking well Kerry's reaction is actually easy because they can bring on Tommy Walsh and Dublin have to take a massive gamble and put somebody like Fitzsimons or Cooper or bring on Philly McMahon and put him on him or they have to take James McCarthy out and try and use him to clog that space back there again so try and match up against Tommy Walsh so I think like the way these two teams are set up against each other actually suits each other for it to be a a pretty competitive game so I, I yeah Mark I'm, I'm willing to to take that I like that one The someone to win by four is it four, four points or less. less or less than four F- no four or less four yeah. or less at evens which is the same as what you had for the hurling final it obviously didn't work out but I think we've probably more evidence that this is going to be the case in this one and I think there's a there's a point with this Dublin team that I think people forget as well through all their dominance is that one they haven't really walked away with an all-Ireland final I think last year is probably as close to it but two is like with Mayo and Kerry it's we always kind of think oh the next day oh Dublin could Dublin can go and hammer them the next day or you know somewhere and it never actually does happen because these teams are too wily and too smart I suppose obviously I'm talking about the Mayo team up until 2017 uh, probably not of the last two years where they're probably just that slight bit over you know kind of dropped to the next level but uh, you know I think that really does add to it like Dublin don't tend to go and be carried by two three goals it just it is it's just not going to happen and if we look at the evidence of what we've seen this year between the league match and three and the match two sundays ago Kerry have arguably had the better of the matchups across this season in 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 that in this fixture yeah and yeah like and that's the thing i think that the, the, the i would the i think it'll be a tight game the only reason that i still lean slightly towards dublin is because the on that idea of matchups and on uh, whatever about coaching innovation or like that, I think Dublin have more scope to do something that Kerry couldn't react to, like a, a bolter, which happens in replays, which Dublin do in replays, which Michael Fitzsimons, who didn't start, came in for um, the replay and was man of the match. Uh, Onagara didn't work, but it was still something out of the blue. If you're looking at potential options, like 
I could see scope for any of Jim Connolly, Bulger, Brogan to come back into this at the very least squad or Ogara and mm. into, or, or Ogara actually or I think actually more more so into the into the team um, and I so I think Dublin have more scope to do something that Kerry can't react to at, than Kerry do now I mean we could be sitting here next week and James Alonu who could have scored 1-3 and yeah. we'll all be and uh, Gillian Splann who's the new Kevin McMenamin of this time <laughs> <laughs> is bound to come on and just cause a load of havoc on that note right there are the players that could come in but of the lads that are pretty much guaranteed to start, I'm going to put a challenge out there to you, lads. Who's going to win the RT Man of the Match? So, Mark, how many points should... How many points did David Clifford score in the final? I don't know. I can't remember. Two, was it? Two, Two yeah. Exactly. How many should he have scored? Four, I would say. Five. David Clifford to score more than 3.5 scores is almost even money, four to five. I think that is an extremely attractive bet you have to remember how difficult they found it to like yeah. I think he should have had six points actually if you go back over it I think he kicked two wides on the near side and the left one on the right he could have there was a shot that was blocked down in the second half he squared it in back inside to Sean O'Shea and Sean, so the, the, eventually it wasn't blocked down they got swallowed up he could have taken the shot on himself before unselfishly shipping it out and so I, I actually think he could have, could had, have had a goal as well if he wasn't fouled uh, for yeah. the penalty. I'll also say that those things that aren't that's not should have scored. Like he's going to pass the ball to the easier option again this week. You know, like he's not like hopefully like he is. He does seem that type of person, and he's probably going to have a wide at least, and he might be blocked down again. You know, like, as in he probably should have had four points. He probably had six or seven chances. No, I, mean, I, I actually totally disagree. I think that. Uh, nine times out of ten, David Clifford kicks those three whites. Like there are ten times, like that. That was the one. I think they're they're so unlike him. It was actually who was on com- co commentary for this game who said it. Kevin McStay. Kevin McStay, Kevin McStay yeah. said no. Sorry, this was on Sky Sports. Um, uh, with Dave McIntyre. Paul Early. Uh, it was Paul Early. Paul Early said, "Geez, that was I chose a measure him to the, his third one. He missed two whites and kicked the third one. He's like, and he his point was that." That was the hardest of three shots, and it shows the measure of how him. many of those chances were when Johnny Cooper was That's on versus when Michael Simons was on. Because Michael Simons, if Michael Simons doesn't start, Mar- on if he doesn't mark him from the start, then Jim Gavin is a Sharon and we hand back on those Irelands. <laughs> Eamon Fennell was talking about this at our show in uh, in the Hudson Bay last week, where he was saying that like the idea that that Johnny Cooper, who is a marker and gets out in front and isn't an under-the-high-ball defender, was picked on Clifford in the first place, was ridiculous. That Mick Fitzsimons can handle him all day long, and Johnny Cooper's go, gets out in front of Ganey, and that's the obvious solution for a Dublin full-back line. That's a guy who's played with um, both players. Well, that's interesting. Um, and I know that's not what we thought, but like he was he was like adamant about it. He, was like, he, he literally emphasised the word, it's ridiculous, you know? So which kind of surprised me but it's definitely how it played out you know like I mean it, it, Cooper was at sea with uh, Clifford and we don't see Cooper at sea very often is, is that by that um, Betty Jobman Morris off the back of my question does that mean that you are insinuating that you think David Clifford's going to be the RT man of the match at 11 to 1 uh, I think it's very I, th- yeah it's interesting I, I, li- I like it a lot I, I think Clifford is set to uh, explode in, in this game I think that the the matter I think he actually will be sore about the those misses. I think there's a bit of David in him and he won't like the fact that he was kind of quietened after Cooper went off. I think he should have, he was set to he in his own mind was set to explore. And most importantly, I think he's furious, absolutely furious that he was taken out of the Bosley rolling all stars. By you. And is adamant <laughs> that he deserves to go back into it. 
He would have got good odds on that, even in this office, that he was going to be taken out of that most stars. Because Mark didn't reply to a message, which was like, speak now or forever you hold your peace. For like eight hours, he was out of the office and didn't see it. And then long after it was published, it was already up on all our balls on the uh, social platforms. Mark, Mark comes in and goes, no, I have checked this. <laughs> I believe it was that, that uh, Clifford decision is a disgrace. No, you actually, you jumped in like originally had seen the message and was like, no, please stop. Not realizing everything had happened. I You've got a man in the match contender for you. Uh, like Jack McCaffrey's favorite at 13 to 2, you know, like as he t- as he tends to be. But there's normally somebody up there with him in Dublin matches who slipped down the order just a tiny little bit to 8 to 1. I know you're going to say Brian Fenton. And that's Brian Fenton. And Brian Fenton had his quietest probably ever game in a Dublin jersey uh, last week. Now, we know why that is. It's because Jack Barry was assigned to him. He's done a really, really good job on him more than once now, I think, you know. And look, that's great, they stifle them. But I think someone of the calibre of Fenton, and you're talking about someone who will be looking back at their performance in Clifford, like Fenton more than anyone, I can't see a possibility of him being quiet. And if he isn't, what are the chances he comes and just bolts through that carry defence and scores two or three points, maybe a goal, sets up? Like, I think 8-1 is just great odds for it. I, I yeah absolutely I, like he's definitely a player who I it's just so hard to see somebody that good having two bad games in a row. It's, yeah, it's, but it's, then so, it's, but it's the, the same thing, thing as the time. Oh, Kerry, you know Dublin be that Kerry can do that again defensively. Jack Barry can do that. This will be the fourth time in just over twelve months that he could take Fenton out of it. There's no all the evidence from that matchup suggests that Barry's going to be able to. Apart from if he do, if he don't takes like you're looking at the defensive argument from all his accumulative matches and how good of a player we all know he is yeah. and then the argument against it is well every game he plays against Jack Barry Jack Barry but there's a lot of adjustments you can make in a two week period where you're playing these games back to back that they've never done before you know so I think that there's a there's a very much a look I think Dublin probably knew that Barry was going to start but he wasn't named and so on there's a little bit of doubt there's absolutely no doubt this time they know what they're facing here and they've two weeks to come up with a game plan to get their most important player arguably into the bloody game you know they can't have him be a passenger this week so they'll have a plan for him and maybe that's a third man coming and taking Barry out of the game a little bit to free up Fenton we don't know how they'll do it but I think they'll have a plan I yeah I think it'll take remarkable coaching creativity to get somebody like Brian Fenton into a game like it's funny right the the thing about Jack Barry Jack Barry didn't man mark Brian Fenton like he uh, I'm going to parrot uh, Rob Carroll who's been on this podcast before and uh, Mick Foley did an article sometimes last week but I just thought it was very it was, it was a very good point what Kerry did was occupy all the spaces where Brian Fenton is so powerful and they plugged Spillane like at one stage in the second half I was watching it and Brian Fenton was running around after David Moran like Dublin had used them to Dublin used their most powerful play, engine room player to man mark David Moran it was just it did not make sense that that was that they they favored that matchup. So I think it, it would take some sort of coaching creativity to free up Fenton in a one on one 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 v one. Fenton on Barry. I think Fenton still wins. I think Barry benefited from having the matchup. The thing we didn't see was uh, Barry and Spillane both starting and clogging up that middle sphere. And then the second half, he Jack uh, Sherwood on top of him, standing over him for kickouts, and he just couldn't exert himself in the game. So I, I, the the way that Fenton comes into that game is if Keenan Sullivan starts Jack yes James, that's what I was about James to say yeah. field, and, then and Dublin have 15 players yeah, like that's what we've I, we haven't mentioned it once in, in all the talk about where McCarthy goes where everybody goes who picks up who 
Dublin had 14 players yeah. for yeah. more than half the game uh, last time, and that's not going to be the case this time. I like I like that shout, Mick. I, I, I think if James McCarthy was, if Keenan Sullivan can start, James McCarthy will start midfield, he'll take David Moore, and he, I think that gives Fenton way more license, and in that scenario, I think he's primed to, to have a do what he does <laughs> just some um, other names that jump out by the way you still only let me make my pick no? okay go on sorry yeah yeah. <laughs> uh, just look at trying to have some consistency in my analysis given that I've jumped from being absolutely adamant that Dublin minus 5 was my prediction for the first day and now I'm predicting that'll be a draw I'm going to stick with Conor Callaghan for our team man of the match okay so he is uh, he's second favourite I believe as my computer jams he's 8 to 1 and he's yeah, oh, no, sorry, he's fifteen to two. 15 he's to actually two. yeah, so he is second favorite. Uh, just some other names that are there. James McCarthy, you mentioned, if he is more out the field, more involved in the game, James McCarthy is easily somebody that could pick up a man in the match award. He's twenty to one. Paul Ganey is twenty to one. If uh, if Kerry win, you'd like to think that he's probably going to get a goal or two. David Moran fourteen to one, and Brian Howard fourteen to one. What's Tommy Walsh? <laughs> what happens if Tommy Walsh starts? As Mark Roche was saying to us, that possibly starts, comes off, and comes back on again. But th- Peter Canavan style. Yeah. Actually, Morris, can I? While we're here, can I? Uh, while I'm looking for Tommy Walters, I talked to to Mark Roche about this. Why do you think that with six subs, nobody has ever done the Peter Canavan thing in a big game? Um, I because with someone with a half an hour in their legs, like I yeah, and I genuinely think it's because. By nature, quote, there's huge conservatism and it's such an off the wall idea. Um it's also I think it takes a huge amount of physical prime. Like I know just for my own sake, if you're sitting idle for the worst or, possible. Do you know what the worst possible thing in for, for in terms of I don't know what to call it, fatigue or whatever, it isn't actually the running around the pitch, although obviously it's the cause of it, but going in at half time, when you sit down at half time, exactly, you come back yeah. out for the start of the second half and everything is just seized up. It's so hard to yeah. get going again. Sometimes you're like, geez, you know, we do it at club level where um, you've got you've something to, you know, like teams won't bother going in for half time and they'll just stand around and in, in, around the dugout. You're like this is actually far better because you can just keep limber and keep moving around. It's sitting in, in the dressing room that, and it's the same thing if you come and sit on the bench. Obviously, they could plan for Walsh that. Walsh come off they? and keep, yeah. keep warmed up on the sideline and just keep moving, give themselves a bit of a rest. Yeah, that's uh, like I. I think it's. I have never done it in Gaelic football. I have done it in rugby just because of uh, circumstances where you don't have a, uh, another second row, and it's the worst thing in the world coming back on. Like you're so you you spend five minutes trying to get going again. Like you now, uh, part of that is probably psychological as well, which which Walsh should be primed for. Like I, I honestly, I think most of it is just down to the psychological thing. Like, yeah. This is such a off the wall idea. You wonder at this time though, like what Kerry need is. We're talking about why they should start with him. They need to mess Dublin up a little bit maybe you know and do something that they're not expecting 20 minutes of Tommy Walsh exactly that then then they're kind of in their headspace of like you know we get through this 50 minutes with him here we have we can exert ourselves on the game they're probably just about sort of coming around to thinking this is actually a good thing for us we can kind of really own the last half an hour of this game tactically and then they take him off after 20 minutes shit what's going on here you know he comes back on for the most important part of the game then you know, I think, there, I think there's a lot to be said for it. It's Mark O'Shea's idea rather than my own. Uh, Sunday is another busy day of uh, Gaelic Slightly. football action. Um, Crow Park has got three games. Like Obviously, Dublin against Galway is the headline in the senior ladies' final. But I'm looking at the junior game in a quarter to 12 as well. It's a really interesting one in terms of Fermanagh Loud. Loud back for a second year in a row into the junior final. Uh, 
like that it, that has all the markings of something that's going to be a bit of a humdinger so like anyone that's going to the game make sure to get in early for that one or if obviously they're all on TG Carr as well you've got the intermediate final then between Mead and Tipperary at a quarter to two this is an interesting one in terms of you'll see an awful lot of club level uh, you don't see it so much in the men's football because that gap is so big but you're looking at Tipperary a division one team who have who did all right in division one but you know didn't set the world afire compared to Mead who are now in their second national or second final of the year haven't gotten to the uh, final of uh, I think it was division three um, in the national league so like that's a, a, a me they're probably going to be underdogs going into it but it, it really they're on their crest of a wave all year they've been in brilliant form so that's going to be an interesting one and then obviously Dublin against Galway I think Dublin are one to eight favourites Mick uh, mm, this is a tough H, task Galway 11-2 and it's going to be very hard to see like I th- there's a part of me Morris I hate to say this like to you as a Galway person but is like are we at the stage with Dublin now where they were when like Monaghan would have played in the finals against Cork a few years ago where making the final is almost the the key to your season I'm not they won't be thinking that but I mean even in retrospect even next Monday or Tuesday yeah it's funny like like that sounds like a huge spread and I saw um, I heard Mick Bowen the Dublin ladies manager speaking during the week about the talk, like he would, the talk of them going on to dominate in a similar vein of Dublin has already been put to him, but uh, Mick, we I spoke to Louise Ward earlier this year from Clonbern, who's obviously played midfield and had a stormer against uh, Mayo in the semi final, and she is was also part of the club side that bet Kenny Con that the, this invincible Kenny Con team this year, and said the biggest thing for them was that like psychological barrier of we're going up against. Uh, like uh, a juggernaut here like mm. the, the, and to, to finally get over that hurdle and beat and she, like I, I remember her telling me you know I was playing against the greatest ladies footballer of all time in, in Coruscant and, like I, I was on the greatest ladies footballer of all time in Coruscant and just the fact of getting used to that platform was difficult and I like I I just think that that kind of psychological edge is is actually really powerful like, yeah and that's what they're like, doing like, again here yeah now, like, and yeah. like you look at like um her her sister nicola is obviously back in the corner as well like there's it's, it, there's a core to that team megan glynn who again like had this un- incredible success underage tracy leonard incredible success underage they're all i don't think that psychological barrier is as big for this current crop of Galway players Murray as it might have been. as well is going to be heading off to play AFL it's, as well yeah, yeah. So, so, after scoring two goals in semi-final like I, I think that that the so many times in a game like that I think I, I genuinely think you're beaten before you got in the field I, that was the biggest fear for going back to the Kerry game last week that were they was this young team overawed by the fact that they're going up against such a powerful Dublin team and in a similar vein I don't think that's a problem for this Galway this current crop of yeah. Galway players and they need to look no further than their Camogie counterparts for uh, any inspiration <laughs> from that fantastic <laughs> end so yeah I mean I, I don't know if uh, like I, I don't know if Galway is a final appearance a final appearance is a great achievement for this Galway team but I definitely don't think they're going to be happy enough to turn up I also don't think that even if they do lose I don't know if it, those odds are as reflective as what this current crop are capable of yeah yeah certainly looking forward to that uh, as we said all three games are on TG Carr on Sunday and of course the, uh, the men's final is on Saturday evening at 6pm Look, we're out of time. We could talk about these matches all day long, uh, but we will be back on Friday. The three of us will be back for our uh, three-man weave podcast where we're going to build up to uh, Saturday's replay. So make sure to listen to that. That's in your Balls.e podcast feed or indeed if you search GA on Balls.e and any good podcast app, you'll be able to find it there. Also, Labrooks for this Ireland final replay. If you log into your Labrooks account anytime from 6pm on Friday, you'll get a one euro free bet drop. Um, you can use it on any sport, but why not use it on the All-Ireland replay? And look at 
my 14 to 1 shout for Dublin to win after extra time isn't a bad one for a euro free bet yeah and I told you earlier on what you can do with a euro free bet you can turn it into 14 euro exactly <laughs> <laughs>